0: Okay, yeah. here we are.
1: We are here. I'm still
2: not good at starting these things. It's all
1: good. I guess, <laughs> I guess it takes practice, right? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Nicole. Mm-hmm. And uh, that other voice is Oscar. Hello. And we're here at Copy Another Magic. I have not fallen off the face of the earth. <laughs> Oscar certainly hasn't either, if you've listened to any of his podcasts.
1: I have not, No. Uh, <laughs> but we've <laughs> kept, we've we've kept hope, and here we are here we are we're finally recording another episode
2: yes, so um apologies, I guess are due for being <sighs> absent and flaky um uh, you know, life has life things that prioritize, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh I'm in full swing of school and work and
1: it's also October it's also October now
2: the so best month,
1: the best month ever. I've been watching so many. Movies on Netflix. Um, the Devil's Advocate, I haven't seen in a long time, I started watching it again. Yeah, so.
2: I recently watched it, too. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I try to watch one horror movie a night, even if I don't stay awake for it. Okay. Um, in the month of October, poor Nick has had to suffer. <laughs> Is like, there some bad ones, or...? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think... Uh, what was that one with Fred Durst that we watched? Oh, I heard about this from somebody <laughs> oh, else. Oh, it was... Um, Project... 436. The, population 436.
1: Yeah. What is that? What's the premise?
2: Okay, let me see if I can TLDR it. Yeah. Um, small town hidden in present day. Yeah. Um, guy is... I think he's like a census... He works for like the census bureau and has to like go town to town on occasion and okay. interview people about population. And it had... I don't know. Have you ever seen The Wicker Man? Yeah. So it had kind of this not not the remake
1: no i was, Just, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah i've seen the i've seen the remake and i never saw the <laughs> right. original
2: yeah yeah so it had that kind of premise of like oh there's some mystery but the town's not to be trusted okay and um the so it's not a spoiler because it's actually in the title but the population must remain this number 436 i think i think nick's actually looking it up
1: 436
2: okay um it, Fred Durst is a police officer who's kind of like the nice guy that's not quite smart but very sweet.
1: So is it a, a newer movie?
2: I don't know. Or is I want to like say if Fred it's Durst is like,
1: still in. No, he the definitely
2: event. was aged in it. Um, probably like last ten fifteen years. Yeah, two thousand six. Two thousand six. Okay. okay. Um, but do you remember Clueless? Yeah. Do you remember Elton?
1: Yeah, in Clueless. Yeah, the
2: guy who played Elton in Clueless is the main character.
1: Oh, wow, that's so weird. Yeah,
2: drove me nuts. I was like, why does he look so familiar? I
1: guess that that with I mean, early to or mid to late two thousands, I guess that would still make sense. Yeah, it would make less sense if it was a newer film.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although I looked him up on IMDb because I do that when I watch movies and uh he's still in things. Okay. Yeah, he just looks very different, but it was the voice. His he has a very distinct voice. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, that really irks me. Um so that
1: one was a bad one?
2: It was awesome bad. Oh. So like I mean, it wasn't like Nick Cage level awesome bad, but
1: There's a Nick Cage movie out I in theaters see right now so that's so bad what is it called some Ma-
2: so- mandy is it? no I don't no.
1: but people are saying like it's fucking dope so it's, it's like they're like it's like taking it's like t- uh taking drugs while already on acid yep. or something crazy and
2: i hear that he actually does a really good job at acting in it but really? it's supposed to be like okay. all very psychedelic kind of mind fuckery okay. sort of, but okay. 80s like 80s tastic
1: Okay. From what I've heard. Okay. But
2: I'll watch anything he's in because <laughs> you're guaranteed satisfaction on one that's way That's the thing about
1: Nick Cage movies is that no matter how bad, you're going you're gonna to be entertained.
2: Right. You go in <laughs> knowing exactly what you're getting into. So... Right. Your expectation bar is low and <laughs> if it meets it, then great. it's bonus. You know? great. Like, okay. great. Um, okay. But yeah, so I've been watching a horror movie every night um, and Devil's Advocate was one and I saw that in theaters when it came out.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember when it came out. Yeah. I watched it on VHS. Mm-hmm. And
2: it's interesting that it's held up in time. Like, it's still I kind mean, of relevant in a weird way. Yeah,
1: it's very, it's definitely very 90s. Mm-hmm. Very 90s. <laughs> New York kind of, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's very apparent to me. I mean, but.
2: Charlize Theron's in it. Of course, it's yeah. 90s. She
1: yeah. Was like, yeah. Oh, she's still big, isn't she?
2: Yeah, but not in that way. Okay. I mean okay. she was like the girl she wasn't like what was her name? Cameron Diaz nineties, but I knew pretty much every hetero male or lesbian was in love with her at some up point until, in the nineties. Uh,
1: up until she did um what was the Monster Monster with yeah. Christina Ricci. What was the, she was doing the uh, character the circular the Eileen. I, I mean, there
2: uh, um She was Boros. the Boros. Yeah, yeah. The woman who was a serial a, killer. Yeah, in Florida.
1: Yeah, so up until then, I think guys were just like, "Whoa, Yeah. she could murder me." Yeah, she was dating the
2: singer um, of Third Eye Blind during that time too. Uh, I don't know that's why. Such I a know weird. That.
1: Yeah, the nineties and the early two thousands were just really strange. <laughs> I also watched the the one that you told me about, the Boys in the Trees. What would you think? The soundtrack was amazing. I know,
2: and there's I couldn't find it anywhere. The, um, and
1: then the aboriginal uh, aboriginal man, um, when he was singing at that one point. That this, was beautiful.
2: Yeah. What did you think as, um like, that scene set up? Because, mm. I mean, it was so, like, Day of the Dead, and it was really beautiful. It was so beautiful. Yeah. It,
1: it seemed, but it seemed very kind of, yeah, it definitely seemed, like, out of nowhere, very surreal. Yeah. It was, um I don't know, the, as a whole, I seemed very kind of, I didn't have enough time to settle into the story. It it does I felt kinda, like it jumped around a lot, and mm-hmm. it was very kind of non-linear.
2: It was non-linear, and I think, I think it must have been a new movie. Like people who were in it and directed or produced it, it just had like a feeling of like this really great idea mm-hmm. that was really beautifully like yeah. presented. But there, it felt new. Like there wasn't. I don't know, like it didn't seamlessly go into one to another. It was well, I like, think
1: that's, I think maybe that was the point. Maybe it felt like a dream. Yeah, it right.
2: did. And then the tree scene, not to give it away, but the tree scene was really beautiful too. Mm-hmm.
1: All of it. I think yeah. it was a really good one. So thank you for suggesting yeah, that. Yeah, you're one. welcome. I have a coworker that actually uh, always sent, take uh, recommendations of something I really like. Too and she's really into kind of all of this stuff, really. Yeah, yeah. And she, uh I told her like she's got to watch it, and she got to come back to me with it. Yeah. You right know. So. Yeah,
2: I thought it's great for a Halloween movie not to be confused with a horror film.
1: It's oh a, yeah, it's a, like a Halloween a, movie. It's yeah. a Halloween movie. You should watch. I just started watching the show today, The House on Haunted Hill.
2: Oh, it's out now. Mm-hmm. It's been getting really good reviews. I watched the first episode. Is it scary?
1: Um, it's a, it's weird. Well it's also very different cuz it's um it's about a family and their relationships and kind but they they have this haunted past. Oh yes. Like super like legit haunted past. Cool. And so there's a lot to play with memory and unreliable narrative. Oh at the end of the first episode I was like what the fuck Yes. Dude? I'll have to watch yeah, it. Yeah yeah it was so good. Um yeah.
2: Speaking of movies about family and scary, <laughs> have you finally seen Hereditary? Did you go see it?
1: I haven't, no. I own it now. Oh,
2: did you get the Blu-ray? Mm-hmm. Is there deleted scenes?
1: I haven't watched it yet because no. I was – I just – I've got got busy. Okay. And then my kids don't like watching scary things because oh, they're still little.
2: That's – yeah, that that's will traumatize them. <laughs> it's a scary
1: one. So yeah. – and I love watching scary shit. So my daughter's just like, no, no, no. So yeah. She gets super scared. Poor thing. And um, – I so no I haven't rewatched it since I'm assuming there probably is
2: I'm hoping so because I want to pick it up I heard there was about an hour cut from the film so I was hoping to see oh wow
1: do you think it's that much longer no
2: I don't know I don't know I just I I am a reddit voyeur extraordinaire Mm -hmm. and so I I haunt the um the horror subreddit yeah and a lot of people who like worked in the crews or stuff like that there's a
1: lot of it, stuff they shot yeah they'll be okay. like oh
2: yeah it never made it but blah 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 you know so then you get hopeful okay but i'll have
1: to check it out you definitely check it out again but hereditary was so good yes we were actually going to talk about it a little bit mm-hmm. but we never got to it <laughs> no
2: no um so it's kind of so i'm curious mm-hmm. what you thought of it um
1: I really enjoyed, as far as, like, from a film uh-huh. a, a film critique. Yes. I liked the way that the story um, didn't go for the obvious scares because you almost scared yourself by anticipating things. Uh-huh. And they just didn't do it. And you're like, oh, wow. It just it just kind of started falling flat. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get the the very extreme pickup.
2: That, that scene. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then you're just like, what is happening right now? um you're always on edge and then there were so many hidden things that if you're not paying attention or you're unaware i mean as as i watch it again i'm sure i'm gonna see things oh, yeah. over and over and people were telling me different things and um things about like the everyone's in no one no one is like in the in the story accidentally no not right? a single person every single person's in there for a reason yeah And you're, and then after, like after that, you start thinking back, and you're like, oh, oh, those people, oh, okay, and that starts making sense. But as far as like the, the actual kind of the, I guess the witchcraft and all of that stuff, I I'm not well seasoned enough to really be able to have an opinion. I find it very interesting and intriguing, and you want to kind of look up some stuff for sure.
2: So, Paimon. Is in the Lesser Key of Solomon. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was interesting to watch that movie from the beginning. Because Paimon... Okay, if you haven't seen this yet, you should probably not listen unless you want mild spoilers. Take a
1: five-minute break from this. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, Paimon typically was... when you in, invoke demons mm-hmm. or, you know, deities, I guess, he was uh, seen, one, as like a very beautiful, almost feminine male character who was riding camels. So it was interesting that the people in the movie made sure that they were very specific that he liked being a young male because oh. he does. Oh, right. Um, he's also uh, kind of like the the demon that oversees... Um, Creativeness Mm -hmm. So you see that in You know The mother The daughter The grandmother Mm -hmm. um, As well as manipulation Okay So he is a very manipulative Mm -hmm. um, Person So when you When you decide to You know Call on help When you ask for Paimon It's typically um, In ways to manipulate people Or for creative inspiration Okay Um, And I do know that in old Old pictures of him, like the little wood block cutouts that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have heads with him, like severed heads. So I don't know that much about him, but I do know that that's in a lot of the old imagery. So I'm sure that there's probably something with beheadings in that well, movie that, that makes, well, with Paimon. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Oh yes, there's a, <laughs> a lot, lot of beheading. There's
2: some very frightening but memorable scenes in that oh my god dude
1: it made me like I'm sober as a bird but I'm never getting fucking high again (laughs) (laughs) I was not smoking weed again I was like dude that would be the worst high ever uh anyway yeah
2: I mean it was it was a wonderful well-thought-out film. Um, now, there is a guy right now, speaking of Paimon, uh-huh. on Reddit who's uh, posting in the Occult subreddit. Sure. And he is um, doing Paimon Symbol in 33 states in 33 days. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's a truck driver. And he's Mm. doing it for nefarious reasons. He's pretty open about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was in New Mexico. He was in Grants. And he will draw a little symbol for Paimon and put it on a stone somewhere and just leave it, take a picture of it, and post. Nobody in his family knows that he's doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's doing it for not the best of reasons. I mean, I'm not going to judge him, but it is for um, vengeance, I guess, upon his, his wife who's ill, not, not on her, but for her. Um, I guess she like lost her job and all of these other things due to her, her illness. So,
1: well, I mean, when you're doing that stuff for the wrong reasons, you know what they say, right? Oh yes. It comes back.
2: Well, and Paimon, I mean, when you, when you invoke things like that, they don't care what the reason is for. For sure. So it it could be for good or bad quotation marks. Whatever, yeah. Um, but he, he's requesting that Paimon take the health of who he seeks vengeance upon and give it to his wife so that she gets well. So it's been an interesting thing to read on Reddit because you'll see him pop up and, like, mm. take his picture. But he's a truck driver. Sure. So he goes yeah. all over. I was like, how the hell is he doing this without his family?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because he's, he he's always on the road anyway.
2: Yeah, but, you know, okay. there's a certain level of, of sacrifice and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know...
1: That's always interesting. I'm curious as to what mm-hmm. happens
2: with that. Yeah, I watch Voyeur like a voyeur. I don't yeah. I don't post, I don't talk, yeah, but I am yeah. kinda like I don't feel like this is I mean, you may get what you want in that like monkeys paw kind of way. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how it ends. But it, okay. you know, it's interesting to see Paimon pop up yeah. around
1: Right. And right. um
2: you know, uh he's he's um Kind of like Pazuzu when uh, the Exorcist came out, like it's interesting when okay. you see things in pop culture and then all of a sudden, like this repopulation of knowledge of oh
1: well, people get certain... really intrigued and very interested in all of it, so they start yeah. researching right
2: yeah, you gotta wonder if like that belief grows all American God style like <laughs>
1: yeah, no I, I mean I'm halfway through. Oh, okay. halfway through the book all right. and it, no it absolutely makes sense you know if the it does it can kind of come back right can people rethink of it and re-worship and i guess reclaim all, all of these traditions and beliefs that were actually you know in their heritage but maybe we're lost
2: yeah and then like what kind of bastardization happens from like mm-hmm. you know telephone of the stories of the gods or oh, absolutely. you know the very varia-
1: their endless variations mm-hmm. right i can't remember was it the indian god there was like different versions of him mm-hmm. Right. He's like, there's one of this and one of that and one of this and one of that. Yeah. And, but it's all the same one. hmm. Right.
2: Yeah. You'll wait. You just wait till you get to the end of that part. <laughs> it gets good.
1: Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll continue yeah. then. Um, shall we start?
2: Yeah. Okay. So. Um, Where do we
1: leave off? Who, who are we talking about again today? <laughs> this so, is a part two, right?
2: Yeah. It's a part two. And hopefully um, I have notes. I did not look at them today because I spent most of my day That's
0: okay. doing
2: metal work. But um, we're talking about Alistair Crowley, yes. who definitely knew a lot about um, the different books that these modern pop movies are pulling demons from. So oh, okay. um, last time that we left off with Crowley, I think we were talking about how he, let's see, um, we talked about how he went to college um, and sort of started really exploring sexuality and how he loved poetry.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And um, I think we talked about, yeah, we started to talk about his beginning relationship with the OTO. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: so if I remember correctly, he, we started talking about how he was living with um, a Golden Dawn member Mm. Um, Charles Henry Allen Bennett. Okay. And how Bennett and him practiced magic together. So I've continued to read about Crowley
1: uh-huh. over this break
2: time of absence. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, uh, I pick up at a right spot or I overlap a little bit, but basically, you know, Crowley is in the, deep as deep as you can be mm-hmm. in this golden dawn with um you know people like yate who he infamously did not get along with yeah um a lot of people in that kind of age were very very into um mysticism okay Uh, and so Crowley being in the golden dawn and also having inherited quite a bit of money since his, you know, we talked about his father passing away and that they had been part of this like very well-known brewery brewery that they've inherited.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: I guess he'd be like second generation inheritance. Okay. So he has, um, Alan Bennett living with him who is like really into Buddhism and I think we talked a little bit about how he suffered from asthmatic issues. Mm-hmm. And in the time, and I didn't know this till I read about this, in that, that I guess it was Victorian Edwardian. Um, let's see, when was, that would have been late 1800s. So okay. in, in that time period, yeah. drugs weren't really illegal.
1: Right. I mean, opium so, <laughs> was pretty readily. Yeah. Cocaine was used still kind of as a, as a local anesthetic. Marijuana mm-hmm. was always used. Yeah. So that was a twenty first a twentieth century thing, mm-hmm. right?
2: So you know they're in this flat in yeah. London. Okay. He's living with well, he's letting Bennett live with him because Bennett mm-hmm. um, apparently doesn't have a lot of money. Okay. He's a very well known um, practitioner of magic, and so Crowley's like, you know, come live with me. Mm-hmm. Let but I want you to teach me everything you know as a practitioner, and so. Because of his asthma issues, he had been self-medicating. And self-medicating then, as you had mentioned, is like opiates and (laughs) cocaine. And um, I guess it was very easy to come across. And people who had money did drugs like that, which makes sense. This is a normal thing. Yeah, it wasn't like considered, you know, Mm -hmm. anything but another show that you had money. Mm -hmm. So they would do all of these (laughs) drugs and um, practice And they started talking about um, just various, like, ceremonial magic things. And the Golden Dawn was very, very much like a secret group. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't supposed to talk about what you learned. And it was very much like a ranking thing. You know, like okay. you have to put your time in here. You learn this much. And then we'll see if we can.
1: It's kind of almost like earning a belt, like a belt mm-hmm. in martial arts.
2: Yeah, yeah, kind of. Or, you know, like the different uh, degrees in Freemasonry. Okay. You know, like you can start one way and I think it's like the 33rd degree is the highest you can be as a Freemason. Mm. Um, and... Crowley, as we've learned through his history, Mm -hmm. doesn't really do well with being told what he can and can't do.
1: boundaries are not his thing.
2: So him and um, Bennett got like really involved in practicing things that would be considered even taboo within um, the Golden Dawn. And so I have all these notes. Let's see if I can go through them. Um, Okay, so a little, a little history on the Golden Dawn. So, mm-hmm. Golden Dawn learned Western Hermetic magic, okay. Um, and basically, they did everything through ceremonial theater. Mm-hmm. I don't know the OTO group here in town. I don't know if they still do it. I went to the rites of Mars um, a couple years ago and it is a it is like a ceremony but it's like almost like a shakespearean play style so mm. people are acting things out but it is a ritual that you are watching and mm-hmm. there are participants and there are people who are watching and that in itself is a part of the ritual and that's pretty much how the oto worked um they also taught a little bit with um alchem al- alchemic 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 mm-hmm. elements Alchemical? I don't know. I don't know how to say Al- that. Just alchemy. Al- yeah, but the elements of it specifically. Okay. Um, and then they did mix a lot of Hebrew letters. So that's kind of like where the Kabbalah comes in.
0: Okay.
2: Um, so they had Hebrew letters, biblical narrative, um, you know, all of these just kind of like little pieces of every other type of mysticism that came before.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and because Karali grew up with a preacher dad in a very rigid kind of Christian upbringing, he was very familiar with a lot of the biblical narrative. So a lot of it was really easy for him. And then with those mixtures, the Golden Dawn did start doing things like tree of life and tarot and stuff that we know today is like divination. Mm -hmm. Um, They were already doing it back then. So he, he didn't like the structure of learning in that kind of, theatrical ritual you have to earn your right to knowledge kind of way Mm -hmm. um let's see let me look in my notes here i feel like i'm missing oh okay yeah so here's a couple of references so the influence in golden dawn um there are certain books the books of zohar and um variations of the Kabbalah were all kind of siphoned through golden dawn so a lot of the books that we read now that are translations of like old um old um, what is the word i'm looking for Uh, like Mm. grimoires but not necessarily like like what what a hebrew version of a grimoire would be so like books of magic
0: okay um
2: A lot of them were translated through original members of the Golden Dawn. Okay. So they were either in, um, a lot of them started in Arabic or Hebrew, Mm -hmm. and then got uh, translated into German or French, and then to English. And the the two English portion, that's pretty much what's happening now in the Golden Dawn.
1: I have a a question that might be, uh, hopefully it's not too derailing. Yeah. I, I mean, and I made a funny post about it recently. It was an onion kind of thing, but, um, it, there, there, I mean, it, in any language, when it, you're translating something, you're losing some of that. Yeah that one i don't want to you know it's too obvious magic right yeah you're using but you're using you're losing some of the the meaning because mm-hmm. there's some things that are not translatable correct there's the words yeah. that carry a certain history and a certain weight right right so the post was was referring to latin but if you're translating you know from say hebrew and arabic and all these other languages is it is it still have the same meaning and same power and say in its english form
2: I, I would I mean, say no. Okay, um, yeah. And it's partially why I'm taking Arabic right now. I was right say, now. It's like yeah. why you're learning <laughs> yeah, Arabic. Yeah. Um, some fucking demons in my head. I know, so, right? <laughs> I'm like, I need to see the true ways. Well, <laughs> so I would say no for a couple of reasons. One, because, yeah, in every kind of language, you no. know, we have those things that we say that mean one thing to us. yeah, And then translate... Differently, depending on who's translating. Absolutely. And then you also have to think of the time period things are written. Mm. You know, like.
0: Right. Okay. Eat my
2: shorts. Isn't going to translate any way that it was actually meant for when it was, in the late eighties, <laughs> <80s>, early nineties. <90s? laughs> right. um Right. <laughs> but then on top of that, the person who translates also has a bias.
1: Well, you're you're, you're meaning making and interpreting a certain way. Yeah, right.
2: and and so. Um, Specifically, in the Golden Dunn, Mathers is who you see um, do a lot of the translations of um, the, the Solomon books. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has this really well-known book written on the Kabbalah. And so he uh, translated a, um, a ritual called, I want to say it's like Gotia. I don't know how it's actually said. It's spelled. Kind of G- like the singer? G O E T I A. Oh, no.
1: T I A, GOTIA.
2: GOTIA. Um, if it's in German, it's G O E with umlauts. T I A. Go- go- yeah.
0: G-O-T-I-A.
2: But um, yeah. that is where, as you learn the history of Crowley, that's where the ritual that he performed at the Bolskin house in. Okay. In um, in a little bit we'll talk about it. Um, but there was a specific ritual, and uh, that that large book came from this Goitia ritual. Okay. Um, but he he's missing one of the twelve books that it came from, Mm -hmm. as well as he was so heavily influenced by Kabbalah and Kabbalic magic that there is very much like that in his translation. Okay. And so you got to think, like, that's just one book, I'm sure, as time progresses. Yeah. That happens everywhere. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but kind of coming back to Crowley.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Crowley and Bennett, what they did is they, Bennett was really well known for his interest in Eastern mysticism. So, like, okay. Tibetan kind of esoteric stuff. He was really into yoga. He wanted to go more east and just kind of learn that history.
1: What were they called? The Sufi? Suf-
2: yeah, I think so. Sufi, right? Yeah. When yeah. when I learned yoga um, teacher training, we talked a little bit about, like, the differences in Tibetan kind of. Yeah. And then, you know, everything else. And there is a very, like, very kind of secret magic. um, mm. When it comes to yoga and then there's this thing called Twilight speak where it's like all of their books about the esoteric aspect of that practice is written in a language that only a Like a master could teach a student because it's written with it sounds it's crazy like (laughs) all I remember is that they called male semen diamond juice (laughs) <laughs> when we were transliterating, it was really weird. I mean,
1: just, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would really cling on to that. Oh
2: yes, uh, yeah. And so you <laughs> know, I'm, that's right up Crowley's alley. I'm sure.
1: I'm
0: sure.
2: Um, so long story short, there's if you look, there's all of these crazy stories about when Crowley and Bennett lived together. Yeah. Um, doing drugs. They did have supposedly like this closet that they set up this altar to like. Black magic practicing And
0: mm-hmm.
2: Um And although drugs And Sex work All of that kind of stuff Was not Necessarily illegal then Yeah Homosexuality was Right And Um Police kept an eye on this Apartment quite a bit Because uh,
1: So there was an awareness Of the fact that this was happening
2: Yeah And so I've read Conflicting things I've read that Crowley Gave a shit What people thought And he did what he did Yeah Um you know, he was very open, even in his own books, about seeing the need for sex or sex workers, for for example. You know, like, why put effort into something that you can just order to your door, pretty much is what he said. Mm. But most of his lasting relationships were with men in his early age. Mm. Um, some people wrote that he was really uh, nervous about people knowing that he was you know, queer on some level, and uh, it was a lot to do with, um, gosh, why can't I remember who wrote Dorian Gray? Why am I having a hard time remembering this author's name?
1: I don't know. I can't tell you.
2: Oh, my gosh. The Morrissey fan in me is shaking their head. I'm going to uh. look it up. <laughs> it's going to show up. and
1: It's not a problem.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm just... Oscar Wilde. <laughs> oh, well, there yeah. we go. So Oscar Wilde was openly, you know, queer. And mm-hmm. he got, he got a hard, he had a hard time. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, so the police were watching. Bennett was feeling very ill. His, his asthma was getting worse and worse. And there's this story. I don't know if it's true that he wanted. So Bennett wanted to go east and Crowley was trying to help him out. And get him to go you know east to continue his practicing and mm-hmm. also just like the wet gloomy weather of london was not doing well for his asthma
0: mm-hmm.
2: so the story is that he summoned a particular demon and i don't remember what the name of this demon was but it was for financial gain mm-hmm. so he did this whole like little ceremony And then the next day, he gets this message or letter, um, depending on what story you listen to, Mm -hmm. where this woman, basically a married woman who had had these sexual relationships with with him, Crowley, um, wrote and was like, please just meet me one more time. Like, then it can be done. My husband doesn't have to know. Mm -hmm. Um, I will give you anything. Mm -hmm. And so he asked for the money. Yeah. um, Which apparently he got... And so off went Bennett. Um, And that was kind of the end of being in this flat just because police were watching him, Yeah, yeah. lots of drugs. Uh, And at this time also there was some drama going on in the Golden Dawn with Mathers. As as large groups happen to, you know, become very set in their ways, there's always going to be internal fighting. And so that kind of broke up. Um the Golden Dawn The Golden Dawn, in a way, there was different branches, and it was a slow burn, and it didn't officially really break but while while Crowley was kind of dealing with Bennett and he was friends with some people from the Golden Dawn, other people really didn't like him, like I said, infamously yates mm-hmm. um he he didn't you know really pay that much attention to that kind of stuff that was starting um let me take a look at my notes here. Okay, so it was around this time also that Crowley started looking for a very particular house to do this ritual um, that he wanted to do called the Amberlin Ritual. Okay. And that's what um, the Bullskin House is known for. Okay. Um, so Loch Ness is what Loch Ness is...
1: What about Scotland. it? Scotland. In Scotland, yeah. Yeah,
2: so that's where the house is. It's literally next to Loch Ness.
1: Oh, right, right, like right near the, the lake. The
2: Bolskin house, yeah. Okay. And uh, it fits what this Amberlin ritual wants. And what is it? So the Amberlin ritual is the way that I understand it. Mm-hmm. Of course, I've only read translations. Sure. Uh, side note, if you're curious what it looks like, there is a movie on Netflix right now that is literally about the Amberlin ritual. Okay. And it is called a dark song. Okay, it's pretty interesting. Okay, but as I was watching, I was like, "Holy shit! This is literally the Amberlin ritual." Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, it in this idea that there is white magic and black magic, mm-hmm. you got to think like angelic and demonic. Okay. Um, and the Amberlin ritual is this idea that you get to speak to a guardian angel. So you have to go through this very rigid Mm -hmm. set of things. Um, You have to be basically cleansed of everything sexual, everything in your body, and you have to fall under these very particular like your house has to face this way when you perform this aspect of the ritual it must be here mm-hmm. um that's where magic squares come in mm-hmm. so i don't know if you've ever seen like magic squares where it's like almost looks like a tic-tac-toe board and then there's numbers and everything i
1: might have seen them yeah
2: and that goes into the whole like numerol- numerology mm-hmm. kabbalah mm-hmm. type stuff mm-hmm. um but he started to sort of look around for this house yeah. and he finds one in Scotland mm-hmm. and he wants to um, basically find his guardian angel and speak to him because this person or this this particular ritual is going to enlighten you. Okay. And as he is sort of searching around, he does other things in his life like he goes... I know he goes to Mexico at some point. He goes to San Francisco. The OTO or the Golden Dawn is starting to kind of fall apart financially. Um, I know that one of the founders kind of was indebted to everyone. Yeah. And so he was kind of like going from place to place to place. And that reminds me, I brought you a book. Oh. Well, I remember... What is it, so it is all about uh modern Western magic, the history cool. of it, so shooting
1: fire from heaven, the rise of the modern Western magic, okay,
2: yeah, so that talks a little bit about that history, yeah, um, but long story short, the kind of complete fallout of Crowley is he is tasked to go to the French Golden Dawn mm-hmm. group. Um, to To get some some magical books. Um, and I believe it was. It wasn't Bennett. It was probably Mathers who sent him. But maybe not.
0: Okay.
2: One of the pro Crowley. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: people. And he goes. And he at this point was infamous within the group. Yeah. And there were people who wanted him to go further. And there were people who didn't. Uh-huh. So when he showed up at the um i think it was paris the french um golden dawn they refused to let him in they changed the locks Mm. and it turned into this like the police got involved and this screaming match between between crowley and yates okay so that was kind of like the end of it he was like fuck it Mm -hmm. i'm done Mm -hmm. So that's where he decided to go travel, um, okay. kind of make his make make his rounds around the world. He had already picked the Bullskin house, but he didn't quite start that ritual because that ritual, from what I've read, takes anywhere from six months to a year to complete.
1: Okay, and it needs to be done from beginning to end.
2: Mm-hmm. And if you fuck up any little tiny thing in it, you have to Wait, start all is it over. The-
1: is it the one where you you're locked in the house you can't leave mm-hmm. you're you're locked Sur- in by salt what's the name of that damn movie it's
2: called the dark song
1: okay yeah I, I was just thinking of it and i was yeah, like yeah. it can't be that one is it? it is
2: it is so that ritual that she did yeah um and do you remember how how i don't want to give too much away right okay if somebody wants to watch the movie but it does follow everything i've read it's pretty accurate yeah, it mm, seems pretty detailed. Yeah. um, And it is all about kind of calling demons. Uh-huh. And telling them, you know, basically binding them. And then once you pass that, mm-hmm. then you get to speak to or know
1: yeah. your guardian angel. Right. But um, you have to go through this thing, right? Uh,
2: yeah. yeah. And you can't break it. And we'll... We'll get into it. I'm sure at some point. But the thing is, is that Crowley did leave before finishing it, mm. and um, that's why I, that house was considered cursed, anyways. Okay. For many reasons. I mean, part of it is there's a cemetery there. Yeah. Um, and to get into the cemetery, there was actually like a little tunnel from the house straight to the cemetery. I don't know if it was a church at one point or.
1: Oh, like um, a, like an underground t-
2: mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then that house burnt down not terribly long ago, and that's where, mm. that's what um so so, the um or Zoso, the Led Zeppelin album, yep. a lot of it was f- written there. Okay, because Jimmy Page was obsessed with Alistair Crowley, okay. so he bought that house. Okay, um, but there okay. were all these, all of this this gloom and doom and mm-hmm. history to the house before Crowley ever went there, and then he did this and it supposedly made it worse not better
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah yeah that's the, that's the idea if you break it right yeah you yeah.
2: can't um and in that movie that you're talking about like it's pretty obvious from the very beginning like there's this circle of salt that you cannot leave yeah um yeah, yeah and and i mean it is it is a very like you have to shut yourself off from the world knowingly ahead of time to be able to and you, your,
1: your intentions have to be honest and true, right? Mm-hmm. As yep. you can tell, it was not the case yes. in that movie as well. it's such a good movie. It is really good.
2: Uh, was, it, was, it an, uh, was it a British film or an Irish film? It wasn't American. No. I know that it was definitely...
1: It was from out there somewhere, yeah. but it was so good. It was intense. I had completely forgotten about it until now. But anyway.
2: Yeah. Oh, here. I actually so have...
1: But he traveled the world, right?
2: He did. He... um. So he went to Mexico and um you know he did drugs he hiked mountains he hmm. he met up with um with bennett at some point um and bennett actually told him what was going on with the golden dawn he had no idea that they were having this like Crisis. complete fall apart mm-hmm. um but he did he got really into yoga um probably because of bennett there's even the story that they were in meditation and Crowley actually witnessed Bennett floating above, you I I
0: don't
2: know drugs too, you know? (laughs) Um, but yeah, he did, he did do a lot of his, his, uh, climbing mountains. I think in a way Mm -hmm. like reading about his stuff, that was kind of like the one thing that he just really always went back to was the climbing of the mountains And maybe that's, you know, when he was sick and he was told that he was going to be very ill and maybe not make it to adulthood, that's when he started mountaineering. So it kind of seems like in his life when shit kind of hits the fan, he runs away to the Mm. mountains, which I can relate to. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: Yeah, let's see, where are we at with time?
1: We have, uh, we're at 40, 41 minutes okay, right now. Okay, cool. But I,
2: could, I could go on and on, so I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, we
1: still
2: got some time. So I have some notes here, Um, starting about the Bullskin House. I really hope I'm saying that right. I'm not Scottish at all, so Bullskin. I have no I idea. Know.
1: Ball, Ball. Um, I
2: don't know. So the house. I
1: don't, I don't know my my Scottish accent is so <laughs> right. super off.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm really bad at Arabic accent. So <laughs> when I was practicing, my friend who is fluent in Arabic was like, "It's okay." I have a bit of an American accent too. I was like, "Wow, uh, it's gotta be bad." <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks. thanks. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, so a couple of things about the house. It is facing the shores of Loch Ness. Okay.
0: Um,
2: and let's see. It was um <laughs> I have way too many notes here. Doo-doo-doo. Okay, so I have in here he spent a few weeks prepping for his ritual, so we're gonna just go back into the bullskin house. So Crowley bought the house with the ritual in mind. The house fulfilled all the conditions. Um, in the text of this grimoire, it was private. It was facing water. Um, he found, oh, he offered the owner, uh, of the house twice the value of the market. So it wasn't even for sale.
0: Okay. He
2: literally just found the house and paid what he needed to, to get it.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Um, so he spent a few weeks preparing for the ritual, getting to know all of the locals, uh, and that's when he completely moved out of London because he just abandoned his flat. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't, yeah. he just bounced out, basically. Yeah.
0: Um.
2: So, let's see. Okay, yeah, I have some dates here, actually, from when he traveled. So July 6th, he landed in New York City with books and manuscripts from the Golden Dawn. He traveled for a bit, climbed mountains in Mexico, And then he had originally planned to meet up in Hawaii with Bennett, but it ended up being San Francisco. So he traveled for one and a half years, um, and that's kind of when all the drama climaxed and then died down as far as the Golden Dawn. And let's see, in Mexico, he studied his magic as well as climbing, Um, so he was still he still had golden Dawn t- teachings, so he was still working on that, but he was also starting to write his own published works um and then he started his own order in Mexico called the Order of the Burning Lamp um which oh which I guess worked with um planets celestial stuff like that's what he was really into mm. at that point um so he also got malaria in Mexico City for two weeks. Nice. Um, and then he starts to basically start to construct his own practice, his own magical tools mm-hmm. um, between all of his information from the Golden Dawn, everything from working with Bennett, all of his avid reading. It kind of allowed him to have just like a, a deeper perspective. Yeah. Because he had all of these different branches of practice. Um, and then, you know, we can't forget that he grew up with a Bible being bashed in his head all the time. So yeah. he had some pretty good knowledge um, as far as that goes. Um, and then he started to look into what's called Elizab- Elizabethan Enochian magic. So Enoch. okay, And that is a lot of um, apocryphal, th- apocryphal stuff. Um, have you ever, are you familiar with the apocrypha? No. So you know, um the story, the parable, you know. God created man and Lucifer was angry and wouldn't bow to man and left mm-hmm. and one third of heaven fell. Have you ever noticed that's not actually in the Bible?
1: That that part? Yeah. No, yeah, of course.
2: It's in the Apocrypha. Oh really? Yeah. And so Enoch, um and Enochian text. All of that kind of stuff. It comes from like it's got its own little branch of mysticism. Mm-hmm. So angelic magic, yeah. um, guardian angel type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it does talk a lot about like the fall of Lucifer. And that's where all of that kind of comes from. And those were books that were written that just didn't make it into the Bible.
1: But they 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 didn't make it like they were, is it, is it like were they like submitted to be in the Bible? I mean, because is, is that how it happens? Well, or I mean,
2: I don't know. Would
1: submit like you know what I'm going to submit it to the Bible? I want, I hope it gets accepted, or is it just kind of it was at one point and then it got omitted?
2: I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not a biblical scholar. Sure, <laughs> but sure. I don't know what the Bible looked like before it was decided. That it was the Bible, because I forget what it was called or how long ago it was. But it was a,
1: it was a different name, and it, it was a yeah. text in itself.
2: Yeah, and I mean, there were so many different versions of stories from the Bible, you mm-hmm. know, what what decided that this was going to be Genesis and not this Genesis story. So who really knows? Okay. You know, the, it is said that it was like divine, but then, you know, you have kings- somebody
1: Somebody had to have sat down and collected these stories and strung them together.
2: Well, yeah, well, and they did. They had that. Do you know about the big conference of various? Oh, I don't know the name at all, but I'm sure you can Google it. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a grouping, and I don't know if it was popes or cardinals. Like, I don't know what point in history this happened. Mm -hmm. But there was church gathering of important people somehow selected. I don't know, but decided what books would go into and make up the bible okay so they removed and added texts um if you're familiar with gnostic okay. works okay. um you know there are there are stories or books that were written that could have been biblical that were not that were in that same period of time so um with the book of thomas mm-hmm. you know that's a big gnostic text okay. um and uh, you know the apocrypha, I'm sure, is part of it. And then there's also all of those books, those those um, tablets that were found not too long ago, last century, um, that were other books that were that just didn't make it into the Bible. If you okay. if you look it up, um, now my Catholic grandmother would have told me that all of these people came together and God divined what this book was. They all magically picked the same books. Sure. I highly doubt that right, right. everything's this, political. Well,
1: how are we? How are we going to create this right, right story? Yeah. What's the story we're going to tell? So,
2: so the Bible was decided, right. like as far as what books were put together, mm-hmm. um, and you know, there's all of these debates over who wrote what books, and right. obviously, it was someone. Um, but this particular type of of magic that Crowley was looking into was biblical in some way in the sense that it came from that type of christianity but they weren't books that were deemed in the bible okay um let's see where was i okay so anyway so he's like getting all of these different pieces of magic he's traveling he's preparing uh the golden dawn is falling apart he didn't really know that it was falling super apart until he actually went back to London to report to Mathers, because Mathers and him had this really close relationship. Um, And that's where Mathers kind of told him everything sort of fell apart. Um, And I know that Mathers ended up being in debt. Mm -hmm. Him and his wife had to, like, completely remove themselves because they had um, taken money from so many people. Yeah,
0: Um,
2: So Alistair decides he wants to start practicing like his own kind of stuff, his own magic. He starts to formulate his own sort of way of doing things. And part of that is he wanted to become more focused. Like he wanted to learn how to hold things in his mind, which is meditation Mm -hmm. basically. So he became really into meditating. He started practicing his meditation while he was climbing and touring um and setting records as he was climbing um around and that's where my notes end because i didn't want to start on the house yet okay yeah
1: okay so that's a lot of information it is i mean it makes me wonder i'm just like so he as an individual he he wasn't he didn't set out to be like i'm going to be this type of person he was very open about all of it and really just kind of like you're saying, just collected a lot of different things, and did create his own kind of path,
2: which is very interesting, right?
1: Right, <laughs> interesting, but uh, very kind of true to all of this. Is you're you're setting your own path, right? Mm-hmm. Carving your own path. What
2: I, what I find really fascinating is yeah. I've been trying to like just pick the factual things, true, um, and listening to different podcasts, different books, different YouTube videos. It's, I find it fascinating how people get so like polarized by the fact that he is making these kind of choices and almost like flipping his finger to what is considered normal or right or good and just doing what he's doing, but not necessarily calling it evil or doing it to say fuck the establishment more so he's just doing it because he wants to expand his knowledge Mm
0: -hmm. and he doesn't
2: want to be pigeonholed so i've heard a lot of people like say oh he was practicing you know satanic against god kind of things and yeah i guess he kind of was in that way of him saying like what do you mean these rules
1: right but it wasn't like he know. was
2: growing horns and I mean, the summoning whole, the devil <laughs> every I night
1: the whole the whole idea of like these um you know um these rituals and whatnot i mean if you go growing up catholic i mean you're told that this is bl- the blood of christ you know and you're like wow like if you think about it it's kind of creepy <laughs> right like yeah. you're drinking blood yes it's actually wine but you're yeah. drinking blood and
2: you're eating flesh you're
1: eating flesh yeah. right that doesn't that that's probably not what it started out as but it, it was adopted from a different ritual mm-hmm. right like many of the other burning of certain incense as well sure. right and then the adoption of certain holidays and the moving around of those mm-hmm. right like our current christmas and easter and all of this stuff so i mean how much of it is actually all that foreign and not when, when in reality this you know, if you're, say, Christian or Catholic or whatever, you're already doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You just don't realize it. Where it comes from.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like he was just curious. Yeah. He wanted to go deeper and deeper mm-hmm. um, and and find out the why, I guess. Find the sure,
1: why. Sure. So. I mean, it's, I, I find it all interesting. I, I sent, you know, and I sense a little bit of something from you and I wanted to kind of pick your brain about it. Sure. So you 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 were saying uh, there was some hesitation in saying like I don't know if it, you know if it was real or whatever and right so what's your your whole idea behind all of this is like is it is it just a ritual for the sake of doing the ritual to set your intention or do you feel like there's something to it because I mean you <laughs> I, tell me
2: so um I think it's kind of the same so I go back to this um this time that when I was in yoga practice, the two teachers that I had that were teaching us about the, um, actually they were my Sanskrit teachers. They Mm -hmm. were teaching us how to transliterate Sanskrit so that we could read, um, the yoga texts Uh and come to our own translation Mm -hmm. instead of reading what somebody else translated. Yeah. Um, and they, they often talked about deeper, kind of more, um, spiritual i guess for lack of better term parts of that text because we're transliterating something that is very wide variety of meaning yeah and one of the things that they said i wish i could remember what brought it up but um if somebody believes with all of their heart that i don't know this water bottle in front of us is Divine mm-hmm. and they truly believe that and that is how their brain is wired What's to say that that's not gonna give them any more ability than actually believing in some man in the sky? Sure. I mean, it's debatable if one is real or not Does it really matter if that person experiences the same thing? Right. so I guess in a way that's kind of where it's rooted for me like do I believe in? In like projection and setting a will and having it shift reality yes mm-hmm. I myself I feel like I've experienced that sure. many times mm-hmm. um, do I believe that there is truth to seeing somebody you like know floating. levitate mm-hmm. maybe I mean I'm sure that it, it can happen but do I know that that is a shared reality or a reality between two people? I couldn't say. Okay, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely personally do believe in the power of ritual. Like mm-hmm. walking into a church, even though I'm not a Christian, I can feel that that place is a sacred place to people, and I it's feel different. like there's it's a different. power to that. Sure. Yeah. Um. In the same way that if I were to walk into a men's rights rally, I'd probably feel that same kind of meaning but have a very different experience about that's, that's
1: it. That's a very unique example there, Nicole.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm judging, but I'm like, that would you, not be a place I would want to be.
1: I mean, I'm wondering, I'm like, is that something that came to mind? Are you planning on going and crashing a men's <laughs> rights well, rally?
2: As I've said, I've read a lot of Reddit.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Um, so that'll do it. Yeah.
2: But, okay. you know, I feel like if enough collective people or if a very strong-minded person um, believes something and sets that intention and that reality, yeah, I mean, that's their reality. That's that's true to them. Uh-huh. And that does shape other people around you. I mean, think about it. It's a, like all of the positivity-minded type stuff we see right now. Yeah. You know, the secret and setting your intention and You know, you buy a white car, suddenly everyone on the road has a white car. Probably not. You probably just notice it. And so when you're practicing these rituals and you're learning the history of like the the magic behind numbers or elements or Christian mysticism or Mm -hmm. Buddhist mysticism, you're going to start to be more educated. Your mind's going to expand more and you're going to start to see those things connect. Okay whether that is everyone's reality i
0: don't know yeah
1: yeah no i totally get it i i I, i'm the same way so shall we wrap up
2: yeah yeah all right let's wrap up
1: we'll uh we'll we we have a there's an instagram yeah right what's the what's the instagram handle right now
2: i think it's just coffee and another magic magic. yeah Yeah.
1: another magic yeah so go on instagram with a k with a k with a k and then um, I think we should, that's it. Yeah. Follow yeah. us on there and, you know, always reach out if you like it and you're interested. Mm-hmm. should be fun. Later. Bye.